Welcome everyone to Ron's Roundtable, your unofficial podcast for all things VFriends Compete and Collect gameplay. I'm your host, Ron, and I'm thrilled to be your guide in this exciting world of strategic fun. On this show, we're diving deep into the immersive universe of VFriends Compete and Collect, exploring gameplay strategies, existing gameplay mechanics, and uncovering those hidden rule suggestions that can give you the edge that you need. Whether you're a seasoned CNC competitor or a hobbyist looking to enhance your skills, this podcast is for you. We'll be tapping into the expertise of fellow CNC enthusiasts and top-tier competitors who will share their invaluable deck-building strategies, tactics, and insights. You'll learn the secrets to outwitting your opponents and achieving victory. This is your update as of November 3rd on eBay. We have a lot of boxes flying off the shelves, right around 255 260 There was one that went for 315 for whatever reason. Um, we do have a couple single cards. A Rare Devil went for 150 a Skilled Skeleton Rare, 95 uh, That 150 Devil was also a Rare. This was an interesting one. An Alpaca went for less than 750 so there was an offer accepted. The num- number one, one of one, Anteater went, it was a bubblegum Anteater, went, it got an accepted offer under 750 Two Pandas went for 55 um, what was interesting to me was this partial uh, set was two ninety eight oh five. It went on a bid, and uh, that's what it ended up going for. So two forty out of two fifty one. I assume that they're missing quite a few of those tier one cards if that's the price. Uh, another box went for two sixty five. So those are boxes and singles are going pretty good. Uh, we're looking at super stickers at the moment too. There was a pristine ten hungry hammerhead hard to get a pristine on some of those uh especially the hammerhead and went for eighty dollars uh three bandicoots fifty dollars that was on a bid uh or on an auction rather uh, a raw blobfish went for 21.99 so a lot of uh, a lot of action on the stickers as of the 31st a couple sales in the last two days but uh super stickers seem to be at a stagnant pace at the moment some of those uh regular Jelly Jacko and Gritty Ghost, $12.99 for the super sticker. So um, now's the time to buy if you're looking at super stickers on those core form from the uh, Halloween set. All right. Make sure you're tuning in to Fanatics Live uh, to check out some of the breaks that are happening. V Friends Compete and Collect breaks. They have a stream coming up on Monday at 5.30, Wednesday at 12 o'clock, Thursday at 6 p.m. Um, that is a great way to get in. All of those spots are sold out, but I'm sure that they'll be putting out the schedule for the following week. Also, check out Tedra Collector's Corner over there with Tom and J-Rob for more of their breaks and box battles. And then Jay Courage's show over um, on Twitch. Those both are valuable assets to us in the community here. Uh, always giving us an option to get in on box breaks and get our access to those cards. Yo, welcome back. Today, our special guest is I've Been Kind. If you're involved in the Compete and Collect scene, you know Ben and his brother Sam. They are partial, well, they both own, I believe, the Black Spotted Tattoo. We get into some of that. Uh, we get into Ben's backstory and his Fourier, I think I said that right, into collecting. He is one of a kind, very kind inside of the community, always gifting. Uh, he and his brother have done something interesting with their collection. They were one of the first to start to grade some of these uh, nonsensical characters. They were sort of off the radar, and these two put them on the radar. So let's get into it. Thank you so much for joining us, and enjoy the show. 
What's up? There. What's up, man? Yo, hell of a background, huh? Yeah, right. We're getting there. We're getting there. Hey, so uh, I did the brother thing and just didn't tell Sam that we rescheduled. Yeah. So he's like out. He's like out building some shit. Makes so sense. So I was like, I, I, I got it, bro. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, no <laughs> doubt about it. That's all good. Um, I so I got to hang out with Sam for the last what four weeks every Sunday and and more. Um, okay. beca- because of the the tournament that we did with teacher with the compete and collect um fantasy draft so we've got to hang out quite a bit so all good my friend all good how did that has that resolved yet or is that not public or has anybody won or yeah it resolved caramel kids ended up winning the whole thing wow yeah it was uh it was good though it was mighty ducks versus caramel kings or yeah caramel kids rather and um came down to was it a final i think it came down to a single match because the way that it was formatted was best of three best of three and one single match for the tie break because we had three different okay. decks that we had to use um but i believe it went to a single match i can't remember I think that was two weeks ago yeah no, I understand. I don't remember <laughs> what happened yesterday. But they ended up winning. Caramel Kids ended up winning the whole thing. A uh, thousand bucks. They ended up winning. So wow, pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty rad. But it was nice to, so, be able uh, to have all those different characters be able to play and kind of see some yeah. of those mid-tier to low-tier characters inside of Compete and Collect get their uh, get their just. So that's a really interesting thing about, I, I don't really know, Sam doesn't, uh, I don't know if you you guys can tell about Sam's everything, uh, Whiskey Jack, he, he doesn't give away, he doesn't talk a whole lot, and he certainly doesn't like uh, give much information, but interestingly enough, I am the opposite, uh, and I do, and that was, that's kind of one of our reasons for going hardcore into all the characters we've graded Mm -hmm. so like behind me yeah you see a lot of top tier stuff like that he really likes but i was starting to get a little concerned with like the tier talk and so when he said hey do you want to get into v friends cards i was like yeah there's a big opportunity and he was like what's that yeah, so so the deal is, I mean, I'm just I'm looking at it from the perspective of let let's just let's just assume for a moment that even if people didn't know what Gary V was about, didn't follow him, were just hyped by the by the NFT craze, right? So so then they jump in and maybe they get like the uh, let's see I don't know the spiffy salmon or let's even go lower the pot- polished poodle or uh, consistent cougar. So then they buy this NFT, they come to VCon, they get super excited about it, and they never hear anything else about that character ever again. Now I say ever again with tongue in cheek because we're so early. Yeah, like like if, if you were developing Sesame Street, like some of those characters didn't get on air until like year nine, year 12, year 15. But what I'm saying is, is in the meantime, nobody's talking about them. 
So I told Sam, like, look, let's just go out there and do everything but tier one. But because because that's where the people are going to like the, the people. I, I say the people like I'm that lemur king from uh, Madagascar. That's where the people are going to be. King, <laughs> King Julian. King Julian. Yes. <laughs> like, and, and so like that to me, to me, that's like where I got excited was like, look, there's just a lot of uh, people out there that are fans or that became fans or that want to be fans. But the only thing they hear about is like the Gratitude Gorilla. You know, and it's like, yeah, the Gratitude Gorilla's boss, like, it's really cool, but yeah, exactly, it's right there. So, so that was my thing, is just like, what, you know, who, what 10 human beings are out there rocking the resourceful Robin, and no one, no one has one. Mm-hmm. No, you're absolutely on point. I like that attitude as well, just to kind of go after something that nobody's looking at that's a quintessential zig when they zag type of a mentality um have you always been a collector of cards or is this your first go around at cards like i'm curious about that so so i was so there's a little bit of an interesting parallel there because i did not have gary's experience um so I was homeschooled and home church. We, we, all eight of us, I'm the oldest of eight kids, seven boys, one girl. And as soon as my parents knew they were having me, they went super far right conservative Christian. Okay. And so, this and, is taking and a so turn. like home, homeschool to keep the kids away from the devil. Damn. Okay. Home church because uh, the church wasn't strict enough. Okay. Go on, please. Like, so, <laughs> like yeah. this is wild. So, so, so my dad, my dad actually went to uh, Mid America Seminary in Memphis, Tennessee, and the entire last year. I mean, we were super poor, but the entire last year was about how to make money. And he got extremely disenfranchised. He, he, you know what I'm saying? Like, so, uh-huh. so I grew up like around a bunch of adults talking about Greek and Hebrew, you know, the New Testament versus the Old Testament until three in the morning. You know, I did not grow up around alcohol, cigarettes, cards, collecting, sports. I didn't grow up around any of that. You know, I grew up around what does this word mean in this verse, you know, as it pertains to grace and salvation and, and different things like that, which are all very religious terms. So maybe when I was nine, I saw in a newspaper, we got one newspaper a week where we lived and I saw there was a card show. And in the summers, we got to spend two weeks with our grandparents and go to like uh, like Texas Ranger games, oh, and, and that yeah. was back when that was back uh, in the Nolan Ryan era. I was you just going to ask talking, Nolan Ryan or, days. Yeah, like early early nineties, you know. So like the uh, the the fight he had with the with the uh chicago white Sox, i think it was i mean he he had a bunch of different fights he was a texan but (laughs) but so yeah i got to go to a couple sports card shows 
and it was really cool. Like I, I couldn't afford anything. I mean, maybe I had saved up $20 and I only got to go if I took two of my younger brothers. And so they wanted things. And so maybe I flipped a couple things and got each of them a pack, you know, but, but I was just a kid, you know, I was, I was looking at $18 Michael Jordans that I couldn't afford, you know, and, um, of course, that was back in the days. If if you flip over to basketball, Akeem Olajuwon, Clyde Drexler, the the Houston Rockets team that won a couple of championships, Sam Cassell. Um. So no, I haven't. So then I so I started working when I was about fifteen, and uh, at eighteen I air quotes graduated high school. Um homeschool um i had a really solid academic education Mm -hmm. probably probably more similar to something from the late 1800s but again (laughs) um, solid solid base there there's not too many people that have read you know de tocqueville's democracy in america by the age of 15 you know what i'm saying like that's generally like a later thing and by the time I got there, like we were already arguing Sam Adams and Thomas Jefferson. I mean, we've been doing that stuff for years, you know, and we had speech class. So we were giving speeches. Most of us were supposed to be either politicians or preachers. Uh, that didn't work out, as you can see by my everything. Um, so I failed my first three classes in college because I was not good at test taking. I had never really done it. Like I could write, I could write an 18 page dissertation on Peter, you know, you know what I'm saying? And that, that was probably graduate level, but I literally couldn't take a multiple choice test. What was it about the test that just like tripped you up? Like there's four. Um, Oh yeah. So, so what it was, was it's probably anxiety and never having done it. Mm. Like we, we were so excluded from society, man. Like, like I don't, I don't, it's almost like little house on the prairie or log cabin in Kentucky. Like people, you know what I'm saying? So when you went to college though, like not to get too deep into this, however, I'm now I'm curious, were you in a more Christian dominant college as well? Did you live there? Like, what was that like? No, 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 I didn't go to college. So that, see, that's the other thing. I I literally just took the courses. So I only went to campus when there was a test. Interesting. So I didn't have the college experience. So I took three classes, failed, like just heart, like flat on my face, failed and went this isn't going to work for me so i'm just going to have to work so i just you know i went to work and uh just to do the real quick version i worked for my dad who was a registered sanitarian um which in texas is like for the health department um but he went private and and designed wastewater systems so i did that for 10 years in 2007 the housing market crashed and we went from 30 jobs a month to three 
So it was either going to support my family or his. It wasn't going to support both of us. So I did what I thought was right and left and started roofing houses with a Hispanic crew. I was the only English speaker. And we worked 5 a.m. to noon. And then at noon, I would take a shower and go work Starbucks 1 to 9, 1 to 10. And I did that for two years, um, seven days a week. While I was there, I met a guy who wanted to open a local coffee shop. And he brought me downtown. We live in a town of about 60,000 people. He brought me downtown, put me in a boardroom with five guys with money. And I walked in and realized they were never going to take the deal. So I just pulled an eight mile. Because as soon as I left the house, I started watching I started watching everything pop culture. Like I, my, my first purchase was a TV and I just watched TV for like eight months straight. How crazy like I watched was that everything. to see things that were going on in this world that you live in, but don't live in? Well, it was terrifying. Like it, it, like I, I realized I wasn't prepared at all. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I had this great foundation, but, and, and I had, I knew, I knew about things, but I didn't know how to interact where people were. Yeah, it's almost like learning. And whenever you think about cultures, is it's kind of crazy whenever you go to a different culture, how much you don't know mm-hmm. how to behave, like just normal interactions, um, mm-hmm. some of the nuances that you have to navigate. I'm curious, like, what was the go-to movie or show that you watched, like, a lot whenever you got that TV? Um, well, I mean, I watched everything, but the things that stuck with me that I started rewatching, um, Boondock Saints, uh, the movie, uh, the Sopranos. I probably watched the Sopranos like seven times, uh, the, the Godfather films, uh, heat. Uh, I found this, this indie because I used to watch everything. I found this indie director named Jim Jarmish who, who wrote, uh, I think Johnny Depp's first film called dead man. It's a really dark, weird Western that no one's ever seen uh, ghost dog way of the samurai with Forrest Whitaker uh, broken flowers with Bill Murray. He also did a docu-series called coffee and cigarettes that featured the Wu-Tang clan, which I had never heard of. So now I'm like diving deep into music. You know what I'm saying? So like I, I listen to everything. So like Johnny cash, John prime, like anybody, anybody that, that played folk, country, anything. I've heard it all. I got into the blues, you know, the Delta blues, the Mississippi blues. I got into all that. And then I started hearing Houston hip hop. I started hearing KRS-One. I started hearing Big Daddy Kane. I started, right? And that really super resonated with me. And no one understood it. Because like here, here, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm, I'm like, I have this seminary degree in life and I'm resonating with this like street music, you know? And so everybody's like, what is wrong with you? You're losing your mind. Um, but I wasn't losing my mind. It was the most honest stuff out there. Like, I, I still remember listening to, uh, uh, Puff Daddy put out an album. I think it was Notorious Big's last album, uh, No Way Out. Okay. 
And in that out, like 2001, maybe, like, just like, geez, I'm aging myself here. But, um, but in that, I still remember the first time I heard the line, you're just mad because I tell it how it is and you tell it how it might be. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I just was like, there's someone that understands like that this is all working and everybody everything seems fine but like it's not fine mm -hmm. you know well and that's interesting too because you came from a place where it was like everybody said that it was this way but never but whenever you take a step right out of that door you're like nah that ain't even close that's not even close to what yeah, you guys no. are talking about yeah and 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 one of the things i val really value about my upbringing was my dad always asked i always heard in in church meetings and and one-on-one -on -one, he would always ask how's that working for you yeah and what that and what that meant was somebody would come to him with a new more conservative more liberal more middle of the road approach to christianity and he would basically be asking in his way First off, have you lived it or is it just a theory? Second off, is it working? Are you happier? Like, are you and your spouse getting along? Are your kids good? And so then I go into this pop culture thing and I read. So the, I'm back to movies again. Forrest Whitaker in this movie, Ghost Dog. He quotes a book of the samurai where it says one should be able to hear about all ways and become more and more in accord with his own way. So I go, so now I go out and I buy the book and back then Amazon super early, I have to get it shipped from Japan. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Like it's not like it is now where, you know, there's a million warehouses with all these books in them. So, but, but I think I resonated with that because of what I heard from my dad. You know, now, to be fair, I had a pretty big chip on my shoulder back then. I was super, super angry because I I, I, I didn't know how to make friends and fit in, you know. And so to fast forward, I met the guy who wanted to start the coffee shop. I pulled an eight mile. I just said, look, guys, this is a terrible idea. You're not going to make a lot of money running a coffee shop. And the thing is, you might have the wrong guy in the room because I was homeschooled. I was home churched. I have tattoos. I'm going to keep getting tattoos. And I've I've done a lot of research on coffee shops and you're just not going to make any money at it. And the wealthiest guy there looked at me and said, why are you here then? And I pointed at the guy who invited me and I said, because he wants to bring up real estate value. The only way to bring up real estate value in this area is to bring more people to it. If you want to bring more people to it, I can break you even. I can bring more, I can bring more eyeballs. I can bring, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I'm good at people. I know what I'm good at. So you want to bring more people? We can bring more people. Just don't come at me in 12 months and say the profit margins aren't what you thought. And they're like, well, what about Starbucks? And I'm like, Starbucks has 10,000 locations. Mm -hmm. You're never you're, you're never going to do that. So fast forward uh, two years and they're about to fire me because I keep spending all the money on bands. 
Um, so basically, I opened a Cheers that was a coffee shop. So all the local kids started hanging out there. The artists, uh, the stranger, the other, the other kind of people. Um, but we also did a crazy amount of foot traffic. Like we went from zero to 150 people a day, you know, stopping in. We didn't in this downtown coffee shop. But every time we made a little bit of money, I would hire a band from South by Southwest that wasn't getting paid, but they came over from Germany and they did this thing I had never heard of called dubstep. So I'd, I'd, I'd get with the manager and I'd be like, hey, I'll pay you a thousand bucks and I'll feed you if you'll come over and play for my kids. You know, they don't know what dubstep is. Or uh, we hired a Japanese punk rock band once. It was the greatest thing ever. Like they they jumped up on top of the coffee tables in their kimonos, like full on punk rock style. <laughs> Strange side note. Uh, the Sunday school women in this town still ask about those guys to this day. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> they go, hey, when are the kimono guys coming back? <laughs> <laughs> They've outgrown <clears throat> us. They've outgrown us. So I, uh, so I was about to get fired just because I kept spending the money on that. And uh, so I, I said, hey, would you consider selling me this? Because I love this business. And he was like, that's weird. Like, you're about to get fired and you want to buy the business. And I was like, I'm just, like, looking for other options. I don't want to get fired. We just have a difference of opinion. Mm -hmm. You know, you think you think we should take the profit and put it and pay ourselves. And I think we should take the profit and make the community better. And that's not, I'm not saying which one of us is right. I'm just saying that's the difference. Long story short, I end up buying it. And now I'm working 16 hours a day, seven days a week. And I, uh, I hit my dark night of the soul. You know, I hit my valley. Uh, my relationship goes to zero. I separate. I think I'm getting divorced. Um, which in my culture, like my dad came up as soon as he found out I wasn't living at my house. Uh, my dad came up and basically berated me in front of a coffee shop full of people and said I wasn't being a man. Ooh. And and when I said, hey, this isn't the time or the place, he said he was going to call the police because I was threatening him. Interesting. So if that gives you an idea of like how how strong the culture is to like, you know, getting divorced in my culture is close to uh losing your salvation mm -hmm. you know so i started drinking a lot uh a bunch of businesses had come in around us and, and several pubs had opened you know uh brew, brew pubs you know i started drinking a lot i was sleeping in the coffee shop you know like i, I would it was just a really dark time and someone during that time said what do you want to do forever and i said tattoos so I opened a tattoo shop and hired one of my brothers to run the coffee shop. <laughs> um, and I didn't know how to tattoo and I didn't apprentice anywhere. I very quickly realized that machines were not for me. So YouTube was a thing. So I jumped on YouTube and found out there were several artists tattooing with just needles and ink. 
and I started teaching myself how to do that. And by the end of three months, I had a line out the door and got a license and opened a shop. Yeah, that's the thing that I'm like trying to connect here is you've never mentioned any artistic abilities, like any anything like that. So I'm like, I'm, how did you even realize that you wanted to do tattoos? You said you were getting tattoos, but like, I'm just having trouble connecting it. Where did that even come from? Other than maybe like that pop culture that you started to look at and dive into with hip hop and, and those types of things. So I had been getting tattoos and it had been incredibly meaningful uh, okay. for me. Yeah. So 1998, I got my first tattoo, which was a family crest on my shoulder that my brother drew. The next tattoo we got was Carpe Diem on our wrists. All, all of us brothers went and got it um, because of the Robin's, Robin Williams movie that, you know, sees the day. Um, and then several years later, I was in my early 20s. I struggled with really deep depression and I carried around this little rock with me. And I actually called Sam Whiskey Jack when he was laying bricks uh, on Vancouver Island off the coast of Canada. He had a job uh, laying bricks of all things. And uh, he said, yeah, you got the black spot. You're thinking about like, if is life worth it? And I was like, the black spot? He was like, yeah, you remember Treasure Island. Pirates get it when they're going to die. And I had this beautiful wife, beautiful kid, good job. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I just wasn't happy. And so I was like, the black spot, you're right. Like I am. And so, you know, and, and you got to remember, like, because of how we grew up, we naturally attracted like philosophy students, theology students, people who were really into politics. Right. You know, so like every weekend was like 20 guys around a fire discussing the meaning of life from the French perspective or the English perspective or the Roman perspective, you know, whatever it was. So, yeah, I mean, I got the black spot on the palm of my hand. It took me six months to convince the guy to do it because he didn't want to tattoo my hands, uh, which I really respect. That really informed my decision on how to be a good tattoo artist. But he eventually realized that I was, wasn't going to give up. I was going to keep showing up every week for the rest of his life to get it. And I still remember the morning I woke up. Our bedroom was painted avocado green on one wall and the sun was coming in. And I literally wake up and look at it and went, well, I didn't die. Mm -hmm. so, so, like, I guess we got to go to work, you know. And and for sure, it was a coping mechanism. I wish I would have uh, quit reading books and gone to actual therapy, but I, I didn't have the ability to do that then. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm uh, strangely enough, I'm not an artist, but I started drawing while well, I didn't consider myself one. I started drawing on napkins with Sharpies in the coffee shop and doing these little sketchy pine trees and giving them to people and just saying, I believe in you. I'd write, I believe in you on the bottom. And I'd make my mark, which isn't. If you read history, when a lot of people came to America, most of them were illiterate. 
and most native cultures were illiterate compared to the English version, so they could never sign their name. Okay. So, so if you ever see that mark I make, the three lines with the circle, that's just that's my homage to the fact that we're all strangers, we're all other. Because there was a time when John Carton, you know, you couldn't spell your name, you couldn't, no one could. You, you had to literally be the top of the top. So they would say when you off-boarded in New York, they would say, make your mark here. Some people would put an X, some people would put a circle, some people would put a squiggle. They didn't know what that meant. They, they're literally strangers. They're literally illiterate. They're, they're just trying to stay alive. Sure. So that's... That's something that I took up is I quit signing my name. I mean, of course, when I interact with the bank, they don't accept that. But but when I make art, I just make a mark. That's interesting. And so I, so I started drawing on napkins and people loved it. And I hated it. I thought it was terrible. I thought I was bad at it. I thought, you know, I, I have this really deep-rooted insecurity that I'll never be enough. And, but I had friends there and baristas there and, and human beings that I became friends with because I served them coffee every day who kept my art. So now if you come in the tattoo shop, there's a whole wall of Sharpie napkins with coffee stains that I'm really not happy that my crew put up, but it's there. <laughs> so did you, did you start tattooing the trees? Like what was your first tattoo on somebody? Well, my first tattoo was on me and it was just a pattern. See, I could reach my legs. So I would, I would set my leg up. Uh -huh. Right. And I would tattoo my leg. So, so the first thing I tattooed on someone, yes, was one of my pine trees, but it was just dot by dot by dot. And back then I was going too deep into the skin. Mm -hmm. So a lot of my first year, I would say my first year of tattoos are almost complete shit. Uh, they're very bad. But I, I've always figured it out and I did. And so um, one of my baristas, Katie, tattooed me one night when I couldn't get into a, because I had run out of room that I could reach. It's really hard to reach parts on your body to tattoo. It's not something I recommend to kids. Um, and so she tattooed me and she was better than me right away. It's like she just naturally did it. Uh -huh. And I was like, well, I have to hire you now or I have to kill you. Because <laughs> you, know, like... <laughs> you are now competition or an ally. And this is going to determine which one. <laughs> yeah. So now my shop, uh, I've had probably eight male apprentices. Only one is still here. I've had five female apprentices and four are still here. Mm -hmm. So my shop is four women, one man, and the man is my son. How about it? So... So now that you have the cut, you have, do you still own the coffee shop as well? And the tattoo shop? My, my brother owns it. Okay. But you own the tattoo shop then? Yes. So where, 
where are these cards that you have behind you? Are you at the coffee shop, tattoo shop? I, I see your videos everywhere, so I'm curious, like, where you're housing your massive collection. So this is a software development office that we started in 2019 at the beginning of COVID. Okay. So I, so I have an L-shaped building, and the tattoo shop is here. Mm-hmm where an old Oldsmobile dealership used to be. And then there's a bunch of garage bays that go around a courtyard. It opened in 1939, 1942, something like that. Mm -hmm. So the tattoo shop is on this side of the building. And if you walk across the courtyard, the software development company is here. Got it. The software development company is owned by Sam. And so I'm technically in his office right now. And that's where it's housed. So it's all at the same place. We have a gym. We have a hangout area. We put music shows on, you know. Yeah. No, that's really cool. And I assume, like, the bays are different businesses that can come in and build the suit type of thing. Or is it all just you guys in your playground? No, it's it's all just us. So we have a, a commissary for a food truck that we ran for a couple of years. And then we have a, an open gym that was there for a couple of years. I mean, that we still have, but we work out in it. It's just ours. And then we have a place for like live music and shows. So like if we ever host a Friends event, it's not going to be hard to host uh, 150, 200 people. Because they can just mill around, go sit where they want. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We have a commissary. We have a workout space. We have a tattoo shop. We have several restrooms. We could get out and, you know, play street ball if we wanted. You know. Well, next. So we're in, we're, we are literally in a garage bay that was converted to an office. We just, we just built an, we just planted an office in the middle of it. Yeah. Well, I don't see why we're not having a compete and collect tournament where you're at. I mean, that'd be a perfect opportunity. There's, that's the amount of people we need there. Uh, you have all right. the facilities. Loser gets tattoos. Winners get tattoos. <laughs> however you want to determine it. I mean, I don't see why we're waiting any longer at this point. The the problem is V friends keeps dragging their feet on stuff and <laughs> announcing stuff. So I'm like, I'm gonna put out an announcement. We're doing this, and like the next week. Jeremy's going to be like, everybody come to New York, <laughs> you know? Right, right. But but we are just going to have to do it. So back to the collectors, back to the cards. Man, I, I got into card. I got back into cards two years ago. Yeah? Okay. Sports, sports cards. I, I just started buying like Wade Boggs, Dave Winfield. You know, the, 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 early the 90s Barry guys. Bonds. The shit that you, you know, the cards buy. I couldn't afford when I was a kid. Amazing how we do that. It's amazing how we do that. We're like, you know what? All those things that I couldn't do before, well, guess what? Now I'm going to do them all and I'm going to do it big. <laughs> so I can imagine your Dave Winfield collection, Tony Gwynn, all of them. <laughs> they got to be yes. massive. I got Ricky Henderson. I know a lot of people don't like that guy, but he was so fun to watch. Dude, like he has sold like more bases, bases than anybody ever. ever. Yeah, I think he actually has a base. Like he took a base one time whenever he broke the record or something. Oh, I got you know you know my happiest one was the Bo Jackson with the, with the uh, just with the, the shoulder pads, the shoulder pads and the, and the bat. bat. Yeah, I could never afford that card. I have like six of them now. I'm so <laughs> happy. So what's your and people are like that's worthless. I'm like it's not worthless to me. Yeah, exactly. Tell them to shut up. Um, 
what is your grail card? Doesn't have to be V friends. Just like what's your card that maybe you have that's a grail card or a card that you wish you had? Um, that's a really good question. I don't know that I've thought of it in those terms in a while because I've really quit paying attention to what makes money. Oh yeah. One of my favorite one of my favorite cards is a LeBron James wearing a Nipsey Hustle sweatshirt. Okay. I really I really identified with Nipsey Hustle and I wanted to go meet him. I had it as a a thing I was going to do. Um I was starting to learn how small the world was and I was going to go meet him and he 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 got shot very quickly and it it just ruined me because I every week when I hit a hard place, I'd go to YouTube, I'd go to Instagram and Nipsey Hussle would be there saying, we can do better. Keep working. Keep going. We can do this. We'll get there. Mm-hmm. Put in the work and you'll get there. And then he got shot and it really, it really messed me up. So I have a LeBron James card wearing a Nipsey Hussle sweatshirt and it's probably my prize possession. Let's see, there you go. If if you offered if you if you offered me twenty thousand dollars for it, I don't know that I'd take it. Wow, yeah, that's that's a grail card. I would call that a grail card. So, do you keep up? Yeah. You just said that you don't really keep up on what's valuable, not valuable. Um, as far as sports cars go, do you keep up on V friends, or do you not care? Like you have, like what's your? No, I do. I flip. I flip things. Yeah, I just don't. It's not my job. For sure. I've got a bunch of Kevin Durant's that are down right now. I've got some PSA 10 uh, first edition Pokemon that are down. You know, um, I bought near the top. I didn't buy the top, but I bought near the top. I said two years ago, right in the middle of COVID prices were nuts. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, no, I definitely pay attention and I definitely try to snag some black cats or some perfect Persian cats. Um you know, I, but I'm not, I'm not chasing in that sense. I think I'm more interested in the unique pulls, the just art cards, you know, the, the, the hunts for the one of one on the, you know, unwavering urchin, you know, like that's, that's on my knee, you know, like, um, so yeah, but I but I love that stuff and and I think one of the reasons we've done this is so hopefully we can make a little bit of money but also so we can get collectors and fans of these rarer cards and I say rarer. Here you know what happened to me at uh both Vcons? My daughter is really into in into Slowpoke from her 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 Twitter handle is Slowpoke Meg. Yeah. And at both VCons, I went around the garage cell and looked for a Slowpoke card, and no one had it at either graded, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you know what's really interesting is every single table said to me, man, I really loved that character. Yeah. But it just wasn't, it just isn't worth anything. People don't want it. And I'm going like, but 30 out of 30 of y'all have said you loved it. You, you're telling me nobody graded Slowpoke? Yeah. And, and, and so that, I think that informed 
the actions that I'm taking now to be like, what do I love? Like, I'm, I'm not, I understand that if you're getting into it as a business, you're probably not going to make a lot of money grading 5,000 resourceful robins. But at the same time, what if you spent the next 10 years building a resourceful robin community and then in 2033, the resourceful robin gets a little pop, but again, I'm not even sure I'm interested that I have the friends now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'd, no, always, I I'd always rather have the friends. Sure. No, I get that. I get that loud and clear. That's like something that I did early on with vFriends inside of Discord was I created an invertebrates, uh, invertebrates channel. And okay. that was something that, was really fun so as as we were all minting i was saying like who who got the who got this because i would be able to watch it on etherscan mm -hmm. and then i would ping them and then bring them into this other channel and then mm -hmm. v friends ended up starting to do that as well so they got the mammals the birds and all that but then they got rid of it nice. but it was so fun because like early on now i still have those like five to ten people that yeah out of whatever there was like 50 or 60 inside of that channel but i still have like 10 to 15 of them that i'm like still cool with and like you said it's yeah. that's worth more than really anything else or those connections yeah. because not only was it a connection just person to person but some of those ended up becoming like podcast guests or uh, met them at vcon we had dinner together one of them became a business partner so like mm -hmm. there's really interesting things that can happen and you feeling a void like that is um is that's what I was trying I was trying to understand why you were going after those um those tier characters. Mm -hmm. So I like I like that. I really do. I see the underappreciation of all things just kind of going full circle inside of your your upbringing and yeah. moving through your your teenage to adult years. I I can see where I can see where you're coming from now, and I appreciate that a lot. It's, that's good. I mean, I'm sorry I went so far off the card thing. If no, we need to, it's, I mean, like, it's all good, man. I personally, I like it. I don't I mean if people want to download it and skip through, you know, whatever. It's all good. Yeah. Um, I like all of it because understanding the background of a collector really informs you of a lot of different things. Um, and then just mm -hmm. your philosophy background as well. Um, just talking with you whenever we were at the national mm -hmm. in Chicago, I can, I understand it. I now understand yeah. it. Um, so that's yeah. really, really unique and I appreciate it. Yeah. It's so cool that I think, I think that so many people in this community are, I was talking to, uh, another, another V friend, Joe Atang. Okay. I don't know if you've I, I've seen him on Twitter. Uh, I actually called him a couple of days ago. He's the guy with high in his palm. Oh, yeah. And and he and he was saying that he wanted to get it tattooed. And so I, I said, "Hey, bro, just call me." So we I, we we had a call. I don't know him. We just called, and he was like, "This is so weird. Like I'm on the phone with someone I've never met because we're both collectors of the same thing." You know, and you're trying to talk me out of this tattoo like you're my brother. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, bro. Like, it, it, I'm not your dad. So if you want to do it, I'm going to do it. 
But I'm also going to try to give you the history I have of tattoos and the history I have with how palm tattoos work and things like that. And so it's just so fascinating that like later on in the conversation, he goes, well, I'm really glad you make all these videos and you're so outgoing and this, that, and the other. And I'm like, bro, I, I was scared to death to make videos. <laughs> Yeah, like, like I'm not, you know what I mean? Like, I I don't think, I remember the first time I talked to Sal and Big Fish Benny on a Twitter space, and I was just like stuttering over my words and, you know, like, yeah, I've run small businesses. I know my lane. I know where I'm at. But now all these people are going, you know what? I might as well call that guy. Might as well send that guy an email. Yeah. Might as well try to meet meet up with that guy at the next VCon, you know? I love it. So it's it's really cool. No, I I know. And that's the thing, too, is VFriends has done so many different cool things to unite people uh, from all over the world. And um, I'm glad that it's united you and I. And I'd like to um, I'd like to extend an invitation to play some compete and collect if you have your deck with you. I do. All right. uh, I have a question though, Go ahead, because ask. I couldn't find I couldn't find my deck. So I like... made one real quick. Oh, I yeah. don't know if Sam I don't know if Sam bastardized it to like something y'all were doing, or if I just misplaced it. Okay. What are the point? What are the point rarities? Uh, four points um, for an epic. Three points for a very rare. Two points for a rare. Three points for a very rare. Yes. And you get 15 rarity points total. Okay. So I am under that. Very good. That is what I could not remember. I was just like, and you can't double up on any characters. I know that. Right. It's, It's really sad that we have so many cards that I could just make a deck real quick. And I do not have a pocket cam. That's Why okay. is it asking me to admit it? I don't know. So let me... uh, maybe it was just, yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, I am shuffling my deck. If you need to see, I will hold it up. No, I need. I was actually looking at pocket cams the other day. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because I was like, man, I really got to get my stuff together so I can play with these guys. I just do this so you can see how many points we we have. Awesome. Okay, I do have to say one thing. At some point, Whiskey Jack is going to have to beat Joe Animal. (laughs) Yeah. He has lost to her so many times, it's ridiculous. That's funny. He, um, He played really well. The one match... I was like I was like super impressed with the way he played the one match. I think it was week two or three. I think it was against Carney, and he ended up going to the third game, but boy, it was with our mid tier deck. And he was just making calls that I was like, Oh my god, how did you even how? Nice. Yeah. So let me get this thing set up here. Everybody who listens to this podcast, you know I take like three or four minutes to get this thing set up, so relax i'm in i'm in no hurry it's sunday
Shout out to Gary V for still continuing on after uh, the Cowboys destroyed him last week. All right. I've been a Cowboys fan since a quarterback that goes by the name of Danny White, and uh, most people don't remember those days, but uh, the 80s were not a fun time to be a Cowboys fan. And then we got into the mid-90s. I think we won 93, 94, 95, or 94, 95, 97, or something um, with the Aikman, Emmitt Smith, Urban, Deion Sanders, you know. Mm-hmm. How about Deion Sanders, uh, like, really making it? Uh, a comeback here with the went to Colorado what bison are they yeah the buffaloes buffaloes got it look I'm here for it I I get all the haters but sometimes you need to shake things up a little bit and they got destroyed by Oregon yesterday and I loved I loved Dion's tweet uh right after it he said we we got destroyed today yeah. Good, good, you know, good on Oregon. Way to go. Uh, we still believe, and we're going to be back to play ball next week. There you go. That's what's up. All right. Here we go. Let's, uh, so Let's here's, do it. Here's the attack or defend, right? So call it in the air, attack or defend. Defend. Sorry. So it is a defend. So you get to choose. Awesome. Uh, I will defend. All right, so I will go on the attack. Here we go. Well, immediately I will call it TTT. Uh, 110. So I got 120. Nice. That is a very rare burglar up against an epic crocodile. Yep. So I'll take one of each. Took out one of your very rares. You love to see that. <laughs> Go ahead. I challenge Aura. Challenge Aura. All right. I will decline and challenge stamina. I accept. Twenty four. Twenty four. So that was a very rare sweet swan against whatever you had, the zealous zombie. A, a core zombie. Stays on you. Oh, that was uh, two stamina to the tie back. Correct. I'll start with challenging stamina. A decline. Go aura. Decline, go skill. Go total. You got 72. Nice. 73. Accountable Ant versus the Harpic. Harpic goes down. Or Harpic wins, rather. So you got two, one, one, and one. Cool. This thing used to go higher, actually. Give me one sec. Sure. not getting enough of the the board i got you i got you yeah i don't like i don't like how that looks
That's better. Okay. I'm just going to leave it right there for my graveyard. Okay. I feel better about that. And then my oh. my attack. Correct. I will attack stamina. I'm going to accept because I got 24s across the board. I like your idea. So I got 25. <laughs> that was stamina. And then your attack. I'm just going to call it TTT. All right. Cool. So I got a 20... 25, 24, 22, total of 71. I got smacked. I got a 23, 23, Ooh, 23. Check this out. I got but this, a total of 86. I got this from the Fanatics Live. I got the Gritty Ghost. Nice. Yeah, so those of you on this side, I got the Gritty Ghost um, rookie card slabbed off of their Fanatics Live. That's so very pumped. awesome. I was pumped about that. I was sitting at my daughter's soccer game and they were just getting ready to start and um, ended up jumping onto that stream and just immediately went and entered the giveaway and I won. And then my phone died probably five minutes later on the stream. Wow. <laughs> so I got lucky big time. All right, my attack. I will attack stamina. Decline aura. Decline skill. Except 24. 25. Ah, the skeleton. Come on. <laughs> that was three banger. <laughs> Moth is not so major against the skeleton. <laughs> In every other category it is. I, was, I right. was nervous about the stamina, but I figured, well, what the hell? Let's try. All right, your attack. Challenge skill. Decline stamina. Decline aura. Decline total. 71. 90. Fire chicken. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> the old fire chicken, as Marshawn Lynch would call it. Right. So go, let's just do it. How quick. crazy it was that he was hanging out in the B-Friends booth. Oh, I know, dude. That was, it was fun. That was cool to see. Very cool to see. Oh, and that is, uh, yeah, it's my attack. I will attack skill. Decline. Stamina. Accept. 25. 24. Man, I was going to go back Ouch. to... Well, I'm actually glad that I didn't go clear to total. So you got two stamina. 
Yeah, that was a very rare panda. Oh, I got to stay away from stamina now. You got six of them over there. <laughs> Your attack. All right. I challenge Aura. Except. <laughs> 25. 25. Yeah. So A gift goat up one. against a core Persian. Yep. The goat on Persian. Love to see it. Your attack. Let's start with stamina. Decline. Skill. Set. 25. 25. Nice. Another skill. Second tie. Yeah. In a, you know, back to back, too. I challenge Aura. Accept. 25. 25. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I challenge skill. Decline aura. Except 24. 25. Damn. The, <laughs> so, Persian, the Persian came out at a good spot. Two aura plus the tie back. I think that's, yeah, that's almost it, right? Yeah, so I got one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, I also use TTT. Use, use, good. We're good there. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. So you have six in stamina. I have six in skill and aura. So this should be an interesting next couple of rounds. I challenge skill. Decline. Stamina. Accept. 24. 25. And that... It's frustrating. <laughs> the lemur on eel. You hate to see it. You hate to see it. Uh, your attack. I challenge stamina. No way, sir. Aura. Nope. Skill. Except. 25. 24. I'd rather give it to you there than one each. So you got three. I'm, I understand. <laughs> I had to stay away from it. I, I just I couldn't help it. All right. So I've got a I've got a little bit of alpha I want to talk about before we before we end. But let's finish this up first. Okay. Well, if you don't want to lose your thought, what do you think? What are you thinking about? Uh, I haven't been in a lot of the matches, but I've been wondering a lot about verbiage. I love words so much. Uh-huh. And I noticed this in my match with IJ Rob at the first tournament. Um, there's a really odd thing you can do that's very similar to poker where you say, let's start with. 
uh-huh which gives the implication to the other person psychologically that you don't intend to fight on that hill and i just wonder how many how many like compete and collect players are thinking about like no let's move to this like they, it, because you just have so few words you can say mm -hmm. and you don't have to say any like you know thought wrong and rj are really good at not saying anything absolutely yeah i try and use as minimal language as possible but i like to talk in between the turns so as i give out something i'll actually say mm -hmm. some things just to like get people thinking to mm -hmm. see what their reactions are there's my alpha I like yeah. I like to do that and I don't like what you were just saying is I would never say let's start with. Yeah. Cause the intention is to then move. Or I would say it and then use that as a tactic. Well, and that's more what I meant. Sure. Is you you can if you say, let's start with aura, mm -hmm. it implies that you don't want to fight on aura. Yeah. So it, it so as a tactic, I mean, that's I don't think it's an alpha as in, oh, hey, do this, everyone. I think it's alpha as in what are your what is the impact your words are having on how you challenge or how you decline and move to the next? Yeah. It's really interesting. I really like that. And I'll be paying attention much more to some of the players and how they use that language. Yeah, it's, it's 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 fascinating. Okay, whose turn? It's uh, it's my turn, and okay. I will challenge Aura. I will decline and move to stamina. Decline skill. Twenty five. Twenty five. That's a heart trooper versus an empathy elephant. Yep. So I'm out of chips, but doesn't matter because whoever wins that tie pot's gonna win. Remains my attack. I challenge stamina. Except twenty-four. Also twenty-four. Oh, look at that. <laughs> alien be alien. Oh. <laughs> My goodness. I was like, of all the times for a 24 to pop his little nose up, now, right. now, right. while game's on the line, now we're going to do it? I wanted to tell you, I lost, uh, I have lost all of my major matches on 24 across the board cards. <sighs> well, I so I just added this one in. I'm using rares or very rares of the 24 characters. It's like, I'm thinking, I'm thinking in that in that vein at the moment got it all right remains my attack i will challenge skill except 25 25 man ninja versus a heart troop yeah i'm glad we didn't go challenge go to aura i would have won on aura we would have tied on stamina yeah yeah Sheesh. still stays my attack I attack skill. Decline. Stamina. Decline. Aura. 
except 24. Tie again. Yep. Should have went total. Total. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Sheesh. My attack still. So that was all the beans are over in Aura. (laughs) So we got three of them over there. Doesn't matter. Whoever wins this has enough skill to take it over the top. Um, Let's go. I attack Aura. I accept Aura. 24. Yes, 25. Nice. The black cat versus kind warrior. The black cat came out. Oh, in an opportune moment. Love to see it. My goodness. Last card was and my, my other, Eric. yeah, my last card was Narwhal. Very so, rare. So I had you, had you on total on yep. that one, but boy, yep. that was a close game. That was a really close game. GGs. You had the yeah, introduced that was a, a lemur that I've not seen introduced in the decks very much, um, and a major moth. The major moth and lemur threw me a little bit. Okay. It was interesting just to see those characters come out. Um, yeah, because the lem- the lemur is a 23, 23, 24. Mm-hmm. So, and it's a total of 70. Yeah. And I, I think I just introduced him because I was putting a deck together last minute. Um, and then the major moth is 24, 24, 23 for a total of 71. Yeah, and it really matters, I think, with that the reason why I'm even bringing those two cards up is like your strategy with your rares and very rares on these top tier decks mm-hmm. is really where I'm at on, on mm-hmm. this conversation. Like depending on which characters you end up going rare, very rare with and how you attribute your rarity points. Like right now I'm running the Epic and very rare as like my TTT cards. And now that moves me. Because I was running more very rares, but I don't have like these top tier characters in very rare. So now I have these three rares to play with. Mm -hmm. So I got the 73, 73, and 72 fire chicken. And then you have Mm -hmm. the gift goat as well, but that doesn't count on your rarity points. So like there's my rarity points. And that's. So the only thing, the the only move that I really regret is I didn't put this guy in yeah i didn't i didn't i uh, i'm showing uh for the listeners i'm showing an epic flamingo uh um, well, the gameplay with a total on, of 144 yeah the gameplay is on youtube as well so if you're just listening right now make sure you go over to our, our youtube channel ron's roundtable because you'll be able to see the full get up um of the gameplay that we just played but yeah that was i'm gonna i'm gonna do that right now yeah absolutely it was interesting. The very first game that I brought this epic alligator back, I went up against your very rare. I think it was your, I think it was a black cat, wasn't it? Because it was like a uh, I think it was a one ten. So I thought that was a black cat. I don't have a black cat in this deck. Oh, well, what was the I'm very rare now. that I came out? Because I think it was a one ten. That would have had to been. Uh. It was the befuddled burglar. Oh, okay. What was that? One hundred eight or one hundred nine? No, the the burglar is one ten. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah, that's. I was like, holy crap! So it was the very first time yeah. that I brought out 
well, since actually for a while there, I wasn't playing an Epic. But now that I brought it back and I went up against a very rare, like it, it just solidifies my stance. <laughs> yeah. Because that gives me, uh, it's just tough. It's, a, it's pulling up Ron Swanson and his <laughs> round table in Parks and Rec. Yeah, it should be uh, just do the search for channel, Ron's round table. And I was really happy now that I have that because um, we stream on on YouTube, of course, but we also have the podcast that we go on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, all those places. And any place uh-huh. that you go to and you type in Ron's Roundtable, for whatever reason, it's like the only thing that pops up. It's really cool. That didn't happen with my last podcast. Awesome. Okay. Love that. All right. Yeah, I'm here. Very cool. I appreciate you, brother. So you'll just look at That's your voice on your voice. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to go through and listen to some and uh, maybe be better prepared next time. uh, (laughs) Well, you're welcome back anytime. Um, So, uh, again, I appreciate you. And anytime that uh, you want to come back on, always welcome. Anything that you'd like to get across to the listeners? I think just follow your passion. Don't, I mean, if you're trying to do something as a business, do it as a business, but remember that the business is going to be so impacted by your passion. I, I just can't imagine how many PSA 10 slow pokes I would have bought at VCon if there had been one. <laughs> yep. Yep. I, I understand. I'm a big fan of Snorlax. Um, so that's another one that a lot of people don't see. You don't see it graded much, but Snorlax is one of my characters. I'm, I'm big, big on. And obviously my main character, Sentimental Salamander, nobody collects those. So anybody out there right. that's listening to this, if you see an epic Salamander pulled or a one of one, hit me up. I'm a buyer. So, all right, guys. Very good. Until thanks, next time. Thanks so much, Ron. Enjoy the journey and keep building those decks. Enjoy. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform to stay updated with each exciting episode. Until next time, may your strategies be sharp and your decks ever victorious.